0: Hey, it's uh, Brian Porter. I'm pretty sure this is episode 81 of Invite the Neighbors. My own podcast, don't know what number it is. Doesn't matter. Um, on this episode, this was a really cool and interesting one. You know, a lot of times we have fans uh, obviously, but I, you know, from the very beginning of the podcast, my goal was to kind of paint the full picture of DIY and end up being more just like the whole music scene in general. Um, at least anything that was me involved in the music scene and um so today's well today um it's just coming in right now um this episode the guest was becky kovat um who's a senior publicist at big picture media based out of uh new york city um and big picture media handles a lot of like i don't know in the emo diy scene they'd be considered big names like um, they did um publicist work for the early november which is heroes of mine um bayside um as well as some other smaller um acts that um like house and home from virginia they were on the podcast i'm pretty sure i got them through big picture media so they've been sending some cool artists my way too so um it's definitely one of those like scratch my back i scratch yours type of things which i love about diy um sorry if there's noise i keep touching the microphone i keep telling myself don't touch the fucking microphone and I keep doing it and I do it every time I record an intro so I'm just gonna like hold my hand behind my back literally holding my hand behind my back um yeah this episode's really cool you know we just kind of talked about um one just how getting a publicist works what publicists do um well as like sort of like ethical stuff you know related to being a publicist and also being a fan you know um it's been a while since i recorded this but it i remember it was a good good time and as as a musician who is really close to being done with my first record i'm very fascinated about this stuff and i will be hitting them up to do um publicist work getting a phone call um for my record so yeah, this this was kind of me like finding information that I found helpful for my own interest but I think a lot of bands will find this stuff helpful too um, so yeah I will you know be done with the description portion of the introduction and tell you that if you want to support the podcast you can go to patreon.com slash invite the neighbors um, if this is your first time listening to the podcast um, I mentioned this on the intro of the last episode but Benny and I the podcast I mean my co-host who was not on this episode we're gonna do a lot of cool stuff with patreon like our plan is to do maybe like one episode a week with an artist and then one episode a week of bonus content where we do more silly shit like dramatic readings of shitty lyrics and you know like bad band name like breakdowns like things like that um just fun stuff keep you guys entertained and you know there's no tiering in our patreon you can pay whatever you want and all the money right now goes to like just literally hosting this podcast like online like actual storage which costs money um in the website and things like that um so yeah support us if you can um but it doesn't matter if you don't just keep listening tell your friends about it that means more anyways um review us on itunes that'd be awesome um follow us on spotify on twitter at itn pod instagram just invite the neighbors we have a facebook too i don't really check it um yeah and if you're in a band and you want to come on the podcast just shoot me an email at invite the neighbors at gmail.com um and just give me a link to music or give me you know blah 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 you know what to do um Yeah. So, anyways, thanks for listening, and I hope you guys enjoy this one. I really did. So, thanks, Becky, for coming on. And check out Big Picture Media. Check out their roster. Some really cool acts that I'm not remembering all of them right now. But I remember when we talked about. I was like, "Oh, that's fucking awesome." I was jealous for sure. Um. All right. So, enjoy the episode. Okay. Yeah. So, Becky stars forever. The sickest kids reference. I always feel stupid. I always forget to start the recording like <laughs> midway through like a sentence i want to use or like a conversation i want to use and i feel like i have to like backtrack and it's never as good but yeah forever the sickest kids like i was a huge fan of them like when they came out with the uh like the television i can't remember what it's called the, the, you know the ep that had like she's a lady on it and like yeah it I was so, fucking about. Good, so good
1: i know back in the day
0: and then, how did you feel about the weekend when they did those? Though, uh, like they, they did like a string of EPs. That was that. That was like when I stopped being a fan of them. I guess.
1: Yeah, I guess I don't really have any strong feelings about that. I think I yeah. kind of dropped off around then, so I didn't really pay much attention.
0: Ah, uh, fair enough. So, um, I guess I should announce this. So, you're from your name's Becky. You're from Big Picture Media, right? Correct um and i guess so i don't know how much you know about like this podcast but basically um i'm a musician like i I started getting into the music scene about a year ago maybe a couple years ago and i wanted to uh first of all i love podcasts i just love long form things like that but i just wanted to like as a musician, like trying to figure out how to make it, you know, I wanted to talk with a bunch of people like bands and photographers, venue promoters, like, anybody who has like anything to do with the music scene at all. Uh-huh. I, I like interviewing. Cause I think it's like a good resource for other musicians who might be listening and mainly myself, like I said. Um, but yeah, so the reason I w- was interested in having you on is just because like you, um, I'm, I think I'm, me and maybe a lot of other musicians are pretty, we don't have a lot of knowledge when it comes to like representation, you know what I mean? Right. So I'm just kind of curious, like what is it like, what even big picture media is like, what, what is the role of that, um, that company? And like, what do you do there?
1: Yeah. So big picture media is a public relations firm. We're based out of New York city. Um, and you know, just in, most basic terms, we handle traditional press for our clients. So, um, mostly online and in print, we do a little bit with TV and some radio stuff as well, but the focus really is on written coverage. Um, so we kind of act as the go-between between artists and writers. So we're the ones who kind of pitch out uh, we, we pitch writers, we say, Hey, we have this band that we're working with, or we have, you know, uh, an event that we're working on or whatever. would love to have you write about it. Let us know if you're uh, interested in setting up an interview or if you need any additional information, um, something along those lines. Um, and my role at the, at the company is, um, a senior publicist. So I've been with big picture for six years now, um, full-time plus I interned there for a couple of years as well. So it's just kind of all I know at this point um right right which is i i mean i love it i didn't know what pr was until i started interning there and i just realized that that was what i wanted to do um because we like to tell people that we are professional hype people um (laughs) right and we kind of get paid to be our client's biggest fans
0: and i would imagine that like you probably are maybe a fan of some of these artists anyways I like I feel like a lot of people that get into artist promotion, artist management are like on this level, like covering bands that are like DIY or like punk or emo. A lot of them are it's like a passion project because they're into that community in the first place. So is that that true for you?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, So I've been fortunate enough that a lot of the bands that I get to work with are bands that I was previously a fan of so bands that i've been listening to since i was a kid um but then for some of the new artists that i get to work with um what's great about the picture is we only work on things that we actually love and are are, like passionate about um so a lot of these like newer bands that i maybe never would have heard of that i ended up working with are bands that are some of my all-time favorites now
0: that's sweet i think too like because you'll get to i don't know how much like personal or like face-to-face interaction you actually have with the bands but i would imagine like being a fan of the music and then getting to work with them you know in like in a more personal level i feel would only lend itself to like if you, you know if, if you vibe well it would just make you more of a fan because like especially on like the diy level like people the bands that really start to get hype and traction are the ones that like people care about on a personal level. So I imagine like actually working with these artists that your fans of would be pretty cool in terms of like developing your, your fandom, but also just like a relationship with them, you
1: know? Oh, absolutely. Um, we don't get a ton of FaceTime with our clients, like especially not now, obviously, but um, right. it's mostly done over email and or like the phone, But whenever our bands are in town, like playing shows and stuff, we make a point to go out and introduce ourselves in person and and get in as much FaceTime as we can because, you know, having that relationship with our clients helps us do our jobs better. Um, Right. And it also just makes us want to work that much harder when we get to know them better and, you know, see that they're not just great musicians, but they're great people outside of that
0: yeah that's 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 dope that sounds awesome your job sounds really cool (laughs) (laughs)
1: um i do i love my job it is a lot of emails um i know that a lot of people don't know what music pr is and they just assume it's a lot of going to shows but the day-to-day is sitting at my computer sending hundreds of emails and hoping for replies Um, Gotcha. so it definitely has like it's it's tediousness to it, but there are a lot of things about it that are very cool and I do love a lot.
0: So what is your, like, what was your background? Like, did you, like, at, was there credentials required to get a job like this? Like, do you need a degree or like, what was like the, what kind of led you to that?
1: Um, well, you can study PR in college. Uh, I did not take that route. Like I said, I didn't really know what PR was until I started interning at Big Picture. Um, so I studied English and American literature in college, but I kind of knew that I wanted to work in music. I just didn't know in what respect or how to get started. And then a friend introduced me to this company and said, hey, like they work with a lot of bands you like. I think you would really like them. You should try interning there. So I ended up interning and that ultimately is what led me to, you know, wanting to work in PR and, and ultimately ending up working at Big Picture. Oh, okay. Um, I know that there are a lot of people that study like music industry in college and, you know, public relations and stuff and um, lead to having a job like this. I mean, it, it definitely helps, but I think really the best thing you can do is just get out there and meet people and get experience through interning and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. I think that's like, that holds true for actual musicians in the music industry too. Like, as far as like advancing your career is just getting out there and meeting people, like going to shows that you're not playing and just like showing your face becoming like synonymous with your local music scene. You know, when people think about who the the staples are, you know, you want to be one of those people that, you know, others think about when they think about a local scene and like that can be difficult, I think for some artists, you know, because there's a lot of people in the music scene that are like, myself included like socially anxious it's difficult to get out and like be bubbly in public especially like in a scene that you really want to be a part of so it's like added pressure you know
1: yeah and I fully understand that because I also like a little socially anxious and PR is one of those jobs where it is a lot of, of like talking to people and putting yourself out there And it's, it's hard. It gets easier with practice and with time. But I know with like bands, especially having that connection to your local scene is so important, especially if you want to grow and keep going and kind of expand beyond that. Like you need to have a strong base.
0: Yeah. Like that's literally, that was the main, um, one of the main motivators for starting this podcast was like, I had this band and like, I but I didn't really know anybody at all. Cause I'd never really gone to a house show or, you know what I mean? Like I never participated in like the local music scene at all. And so like, I was like, how am I going to make connections? Cause I'm not the type of person to go out and like in a big group of people and just like pick, I'm like, Oh, I'm going to go talk to this person. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, I'm just there to see the music and then I go home generally. So this podcast was like, well, maybe I can like, one by one, you know, bring in bands and bring in people and meet everybody that way. And it's it's worked out quite a bit, actually. Um,
1: I love that you're making your own opportunities.
0: Yeah, that's exactly it. Like, um, And I also I think, too, like I have to toot my arm too much, but I feel like I can also give something to the scene. You know, like I'm even if my main motivation starting out was like a personal like um career move you know but it it feels good to keep it going what keeps it going is like the fact that i can give these bands who are like either starting out or like you know otherwise might not have like a long-form platform to talk about their art and their experiences like i can give that to them so they can give that to their fans you know what i mean yeah definitely it's it's been it's been cool i'm curious as as a musician like if you know someone who's starting to take their their music more seriously, and they want to look into um, getting publicists, getting representation. Like, is is are you guys like for hire, or is is there certain requirements in in of a band that you guys would take on, or like what what would be the process like for a band that would want to work with you guys?
1: Yeah, uh, no requirements, so to speak. Um, we get hired on like a campaign basis. Um, so usually a band will approach us if they have an album coming out or they're going on tour, or if they, even if they have like a single or a music video that they just want a little bit of help pushing, um, and they'll hire us on for, you know, at least a month, um, with an album campaign, it'd be more like three months. Um, but we also do campaigns for six months or we have some clients that keep us on retainer on a yearly basis. Um, so, yeah, bands will hire us for a set period of time, and that's really it. I mean, they, we check out the music before we agree to anything, make sure that it's something that, we, you know, we feel passionate about, we have a connection right. to, and it's something that we're going to be able to push to the best of our abilities on our end, um, and that that's kind of how it gets started. We have um, a form on our website where people can hit us up, or, you know, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram... So if a band is ever interested in getting in touch with us and learning more about how campaign works, um it's pretty easy to get a hold of us.
0: That's that's awesome. Like partially asking because like this episode actually couldn't be better timed. Like I'm in the process of finishing over the next couple of months my first record for my band. And so like I'm you know trolling the internet right now trying to find all these different resources, like how do I promote this? And you know because i i really want to push it and so hearing that knowing that it's like all you got to do is like reach out to people and you know that's you'll probably hear from me at some point what i'm saying
1: <laughs> yeah you have my email address feel free to send music my way i'd love to check it out
0: and so outside of just like enjoying i will do that i guarantee you i will do that but um outside of the uh just the music being something that you guys could, because obviously, you know, if you're going to get behind it, you want to feel like genuine about it. you know. Right. But, um, but other than that, are there certain things that you look for from a band or like, it, is there a way a band can approach it to like, check all the boxes from like a professional standpoint? Um, yeah. In, in terms of like things that you would want from a band other than like, like information or whatever, other than just the music.
1: Yeah. The more info you can send, the better. Um, so if you're, say you were going to reach out to me and we didn't know each other previously and you wanted to talk about a PR campaign for your band, including a link to check out the music, including any social media handles and links. If you have a bio, if you have a press photo already, um, including all of that stuff just makes it easier for me to get a feel of where you guys are at. Um, how, how, Much still needs to be done before you're actually ready to kick off a campaign because these are all things that we like to have kind of ready to go at the start of a press campaign. Right. Um, And then from there, we would set up a call just to talk about, you know, how our campaign runs from start to finish, step by step process of like us starting to pitch things. Um, And just having all of that information in front of us also makes it easier for us to get on a call and kind of break it down for you.
0: Gotcha. And so I, I would imagine, or maybe I shouldn't assume that, like, as far as not to have you list the actual pricing of things, but, like, financially, is this something that, like, a case-by-case thing? Or, like, there are different packages that bands can select from? Or is it, like, dependent on, like, the individual, like, desires of, of the artists?
1: We do have a pretty standard monthly rate. Um, but it's something that, you know, we understand not everybody has the resources, especially, like, in a time like now where nobody's touring, it's a lot harder for artists and, you know, nobody's making as much money as they normally would be. Um, so it is something that we're always open to discussing on like a case to case basis. But um, we do have like a standard rate that we usually put in front of artists and
0: then we go from there. Oh, OK. Yeah. I'm just like doing all this math in my head right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, so on the the day-to-day side of things you said, you know, it's like a lot of emails and things like that. Um, are there, I mean, is it difficult to stay organized? Like, is it difficult? Like, do you de- end up developing like rapport with people to like strictly via email and things? I'm just kind of curious, like what the social interaction is like when you're sending so many emails and if you're able to like keep track of all how you can keep track of all that stuff
1: work stuff I do try to keep strictly to email so like I've had bands hit me up on Facebook messenger before and say like hey we're looking for PR and I go that's awesome here's my email shoot me a note just because having it all in one place is super helpful
0: yeah.
1: um, organization is definitely key in PR especially when you're handling campaigns for you know 10 11 12 different clients everybody has different timelines for their rollouts and different release days and you know, everybody's scheduling phone interviews on different days and it's, it can be a lot to keep track of. Um, I have, you know, a to-do list that I rewrite every single day of stuff that I need to get done. I usually start planning out my lists for every day of the week on Monday just so I have an idea of, okay, on this day I'm going to do one thing, on this day I'm going to do the next thing. Um, I also have, like, my email divided into dozens of folders, just a folder for every client I've ever worked on past, present future. That's cool. um, so as things come into my inbox, if I answer something and I've taken care of it, it gets moved into that particular client's folder, um, as kind of like an out of sight, out of mind thing, but also it makes it easier to go back and find it later on. Um, yeah, yeah having, sense. having a calendar too is a godsend, just keeping track of calls and, you know, important shows or things like that. It can be a lot, but once you kind of get into the swing of things, you it it just all comes second nature.
0: Yeah, no, I hear you. Like at first when I started this podcast, like I was poorly organized. (laughs) Like I didn't think that it would. uh, it, It moved pretty quickly. Like not that it's like it got huge or anything like that. It's still really small, but like I at least it's at least at the point where I added a co-host who just unfortunately couldn't be here today. But like at, at first I I would just post online and say like, Hey, I have this podcast. If like anyone in a band wants to be on, let me know. And then I'll just get emails and emails and emails. I'm and like, uh-huh. and like, cause I had this theory that, you know, artists in general just like to talk about what they're doing. Cause like being one, like I know that is true. And so I feel like even if I'm a small little podcast, just the fact that I'm like offering an artist, the chance to talk about themselves and talk about their art. I felt like that was a gap. You know, I didn't see a lot of that, at least, you know, you you know, you hear like review, you see reviews and publications talking about bands, but I don't see a lot of podcasts, like a lot of opportunities for bands to like actually sit down in a long form conversation, talk in depth about the stuff that they're doing.
1: Yeah. Um, And I mean, as an artist, and I'm sure you, you know, this, your music is kind of a part of you. Um, oh yeah, it's something that you put a lot of work and and passion and energy into, and you want to be able to talk about that and share it with people, and nobody can talk about it as well as you can. Um, right. So I think it's important to give artists that outlet to be able to say, like, "Hey, this is what I was thinking while I was doing this."
0: Yeah, and I think too, like, there's definitely. um, I just kind of thought of this question, so there's definitely. Um, obvious pros to having a publicist and having you know popular publications write about you but is there's also the risk involved in like okay so basically what i imagine you guys doing is like a middleman between the artist and like say like a, re- a reviewing site like an actual publication and so i would imagine that like ethically it wouldn't it wouldn't really be acceptable for you to be like all right write th- we want you to not only write about this band, but write something favorable. You know what I mean? Because I, f- I feel like once you hand it over to this, a publication that aggr- agrees to write or review something, it's kind of up to them to decide what to say, I'd imagine.
1: Oh, absolutely. And it can be very nerve-wracking to share music with people in that respect, just because, you know, like I said, we love the bands that we get to work with, and we want everybody else to love them as much as we do. But we do understand that... You know, it's completely up to that individual writer, how they feel about it and what they want to write. So there have definitely been times where I sent something to someone and I thought they were going to like it and they ended up not writing the greatest review of it. And it sucks and you never want to see that, but it happens. We've also, I've pitched out reviews before where the writer got back to me and said, Hey, thanks for sending. I'm not really feeling this. I'm going to pass. On on writing a review at this time, and I appreciate that too because yeah, you know I, I respect the honesty and I respect the fact that they don't want to write a bad review, so they right. would rather not write about it.
0: Yeah, I was just thinking that, like, th- you know, depending on like the the popularity level of the artist, you know, because you know, obviously, like Pitchfork, for instance, like you know the New Strokes record, like a lot of people like it, I like it, and Pitchfork gave it like a five point six, and it makes sense if if you're going to write, like it wasn't the best review, you know? And like, it it makes sense a band of that magnitude. You're going to write a review of it regardless of how good it is. But like it, the smaller bands, like it seems kind of just silly to write a bad review of a band that maybe not many people know about. Like the, sometimes like a band, it might be the whole entire point of them even trying to get on a publication is because they want people to learn who they are, you know. So I would imagine that would be—it's kind of—it kind of, seems kind of snarky, you know, to like write a bad review of a band that no one knows about.
1: Yeah, and I think a lot of writers also respect the fact that, like, <clears throat> with smaller bands, they're just getting started. You know, they're they're just trying to do what they can to get out there, and they don't want to stop that. They just they personally don't connect with the music in that way.
0: Right. And, you know, that's, it kind of brings up this idea I have and that it's it's interesting, like, there's so much power. Like, the bigger a, a publication gets, like, the writers, there's a lot of power and I feel like responsibility involved. Like, if you consider, you know, reviewers like Ian Cohen or just the people at Pitchfork in general or, or publications on that scale, like, at the end of the day, like, it's one writer's opinion of an album and yet the scale of the publication makes it so that it feels like that is like someone one person doesn't like an album and then all of a sudden it's just like Pitchfork doesn't like this album you know what I mean or like this is just that's the the number rating that an album got because one person didn't like it so I think as a reviewer you you gotta be like wary of that you know
1: (laughs) yeah I think what it comes down to is just being fair. If you're gonna write about an album that you don't like, just don't make things up to justify why you don't like it.
0: Yeah, and like also, don't you don't have to like be mean? There's a there's a way to like criticize while being mean, you know? Like sometimes right. you see artists or, or writers like really wanting to just they're basically showing off their writing ability and their like comedic ability by like bashing this and like an artist in a comedic way, you know, then then it makes the review about them.
1: Right. They just want to be able to tear into something. But if you, if you don't like something, you can write about it and explain why you don't like it in a constructive way of like explaining, you know, I wasn't necessarily a fan of this choice. If I was them, I would have done something different.
0: Right.
1: Uh, And you can make it more constructive than just straight-up mean.
0: Yeah. And, you know, that's just... It is what it is, though. Like I guess, like, when when you get to be on on those larger-scale publications, there's maybe a little bit of armor that goes along with that, you know? Like, you can kind of get away with writing mean things, (laughs) I guess. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, I just... I do know I ramble a lot just so you know this podcast doesn't have a lot of rules in terms of like where it goes there's a lot of just like stream of consciousness
1: that's um, all good
0: yeah are you like are you a fan of podcasts at all I
1: i am not gonna lie I am not a huge podcast person I have tried to get into a number of different ones that people have recommended to me and just nothing clicks and I think part of the problem is that most of the time if I'm listening to stuff it's while I'm working and i find it hard to focus on work and also listen to people talking uh, yeah so, so for me it's i usually just end up reverting back to music in the background versus an actual like podcast
0: yeah no that that makes perfect sense and if i had more self control i would i'd would probably do that too like cuz <laughs> i i, I cuz i work my job is not something that like i feel that connected to like I don't work in music or anything like that. I, I work like a soul sucking job, and I think I use like podcasts, things like that, as a, as a means of escape from, you know, working a job that I don't necessarily my heart's not in it. You know what I mean. But it also disrupts productivity like a, like a motherfucker. Like <laughs> it's just, it is what it is. Like, cause I, like you said, it's so hard to listen to people talk and also get things done and like write your own stuff. But I generally choose the podcast <laughs> over the work sometimes.
1: That's fair. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. I mean, don't, I'm not like a giant slacker. I, I get my work done. I just, I, I just love podcasts, but it, they're not for everybody that's for sure you know there's definitely like if i would have only listened to like npr or something like if that's what i thought podcast was like i never probably would have gotten into them the reason i got into podcasts was i i love stand-up comedy and almost every comedian at this point has a has a podcast yeah and so that's i just listen to comedy podcasts almost all the time and i was like oh you can just say whatever you want and they would interview each other and like i would notice that like the interviews felt genuine because they're people that were like peers rather than like you know some maybe like a host of a radio show or something that knows nothing about a band or like the comedian or whoever other than like what was handed to them on a sheet like 10 minutes before the interview and you can tell when that's happening you know
1: yeah you can definitely tell when they have that personal connection
0: yeah. And you know, I think that's mainly the appeal of, of podcasts in general. But I'm I'll switch gears though. Like so growing up did you have like you said you had an inkling that you wanted to like work in music or was that growing up or was that more like when you were in college or
1: uh I would say it started in high school. So while I was growing up, um I've always been a writer. So for me I originally wanted to kind of follow the journalism path. Um, um my dream as a kid was to write for Rolling Stone or billboard and I hit college and I didn't really like the journalism major at my school. So then I was kind of figuring out what it was that I wanted to do. I took some music marketing classes, things like that. And like I said, I ended up at an internship at big picture. And that was when I realized that that was a great way to kind of combine my passions for music and writing in a more positive manner. Um, like I said, we, we consider ourselves hype, like professional hype people. So we literally could spend all day just talking about how great our clients are. Um, that's awesome. so we never have to worry about that. Oh God, what if I don't like this, um, moment that journalists will sometimes have if they're pitched something.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Um, so like, do you, do you get a choice over like which, I'm not sure like how big your staff is. Like, do you get a choice over like which artists, that you are assigned to or like, how does that work?
1: Um, it's kind of a mixed bag. Uh, so one of the great things about working at a it's a small company. Um, we have a staff of seven publicists. Um, and one of the great things about working at such a small company is it gives us the opportunity to kind of bring in our own clients. Um, uh, so a lot of bands that I've worked with over the years are bands that I reached out to. And I said, Hey, I'm a huge fan. I'd love to work with you. If you have something coming up and sure enough, they had an album or a tour or something. And, uh, from there we were able to sign on for a campaign. Um, so in that respect, it's a lot of, you know, me ch- going out and chasing down my own clients, which is awesome. That's um,
0: cool.
1: yeah, I think that's one of my favorite things about working at big picture too, is having the freedom to do that and go find my own bands to work with. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, a lot of bands will reach out to the forum on our website. And from there, um, Mm -hmm. my boss will kind of send music around and see who connects with what and who is interested in working on what and, you know, assign it out that way as well. Um, So it's kind of both.
0: So like, do you, are you guys specific to any particular genres or is it just pretty much anybody?
1: no it's it's literally anything um it really does kind of reflect our own personal tastes in music um so like my roster um, will skew a lot towards like pop punk and punk rock um, because yeah. that's what I grew up with and what that's what I still love to listen to and am most most passionate about um, but you know everybody works on stuff that they like and our roster is incredibly eclectic in that respect um i've worked on jam bands i've worked with pop singers um singer songwriters i've got an alternative band on my roster right now that played good morning america back in march um so some more mainstream leaning artists and we do a lot of events uh both in music and you know in outside of music and like the food world and stuff like that oh that's Um, cool yeah, so it's kind of all over the place which is awesome. It's never, you know, every day is different.
0: Yeah, I was I was, gonna, I was my next question was actually going to be like do you is it just art like just bands or do you like like other just basically anyone within like the art or whatever like that that needs um press and like the publications that you work with would be able to um accommodate that. So, yeah, um, we
1: do a, a lot of research too. Um, so a lot of my day to day is just going out there and digging into new topics and new angles and things like that and finding people who write about different things. Um, so even though a lot of what we do is music, I also personally work on the New York Coffee Festival every year, which is a big three day coffee event. And work with To Write Love in Her Arms, which is a nonprofit organization based out of Florida. Um, and the focus on, on their end is mental health. So I do a lot of research into like the mental health world and health and wellness in general.
0: So oh, that's it, cool.
1: Yeah. It, it really is more than just music, which is
0: awesome. Yeah, that's great. Um, like, especially like the, the, like the mental health side of things, like that's something I try to, in my own small way, you know, like I try to, uh, advocate for, you know, because like, mm-hmm. Like I mentioned before, you know, you mentioned yourself, you've got some social anxiety, like I do too. Like so many people, even if it's not anxiety, like so many people I've noticed like in this music scene that I've been a part of have dealt with some form of a mental health issue, you know? And so like, I think it's, it's good to talk about that. I think it's good to like promote that in any way possible. and the more I've, I've looked, the more I, I realize that there's like a, a lot of people who are doing really cool work, um, in that, in that regard. So I think it's like, anytime I hear about, you know, someone actively like trying to push, push mental health issues in general, like I, I'm always like drawn to that, you know?
1: Yeah. Same. And, you know, getting to work with right love in her arms is one of the most rewarding experiences oh, of cool. my PR career. Um, just because they are such genuinely good people and they help so many others through their work, um, and getting to play any small part of that is just, it's incredibly rewarding. And it's something that I take great pride in getting to work with them.
0: Yeah. I remember like when I'd go to Warp Tour back in the day, like so, you'd you'd see so many people that would have like the To Write Love on her arms shirts and stuff. Mm-hmm and like at first i never i would just i knew i wanted the shirt even before i even knew what they did you know it was <laughs> so, so cool and then i found out what they did and i was like oh that's really awesome i wasn't sure like if they were still around or if they were still operating in the same capacity just because work tour i stopped going to work tour <laughs> you know um but so they're pretty much if they they're still around they're still growing i would imagine
1: yeah. Going on, uh, I think just hit their 14th anniversary as an organization and big picture has been involved pretty much since the beginning through my boss, Dana, who's the founder of the company. Um, she's known Jamie since he started Love love her arms and has been working with him ever since. Um, yeah, that's still going incredibly strong and you know, their reach is even greater than ever. Um, both online and in person through going to different music festivals and events. And, you know, Jamie does a lot of speaking um, events around the country at colleges and things like that.
0: That's cool. Yeah. Um, I was, I was kind of on, you know, you mentioned like that was one of the cooler things that, um, that you've done. And I was going to ask you also, like, if there were any like pinch yourself moments like once maybe you went early on in the job, like we were really like, Oh my God, I can't believe I'm working with this person or this band. Like if like specifically, like what were those for you? If you remember,
1: uh, I have a handful of those that are kind of my go-tos whenever I get asked a question like that. Um, the first is just getting to work with Bayside. Um, I've been a huge fan of Bayside since I was like 14 or 15 years old. And I even got the bird tattooed on my foot. Oh, nice. Um, and I've been their publicist for a couple of years now through the acoustic record. And most recently in Tarot Bang, I got to work on the Walking Wounded 10-year anniversary tour. And um, that okay, band awesome. has given me so much over the years. And, you know, is one of the reasons why I wanted to get into music in the first place. So being able to give back and help them further their careers in some small way is right. really um, a, a very special thing for me. Um, similarly, I got to work with the early November on a new record last year. Oh my
0: God, I'm such a giant Ace centers fan.
1: Okay, <laughs> did you listen to the new album?
0: Yeah, I have. have. It's
1: good, okay. It's very different, but it's so good
0: yeah like i uh i saw them i i'm a huge fanboy like i when they were on the lilac tour like when it was supposed to get released but didn't like i saw them in detroit and i okay. was I, I got the vip so i was like i did like the uh the, like backstage sort of performance and like the A with ace it was so fucking cool like he's so such a nice guy and actually mm-hmm. like the, the record that i'm finishing right now I'm hoping to try and get it mastered at his studio. Okay, in New Jersey Lumberyard. Cause like, yeah, because early November is one of the biggest influences in in my music. Like, like when I was learning how to sing, like I would always put on early November songs because I felt like his vocal range was something I could hit, and I just, I always was a giant early November fan.
1: Love that. Me too. I grew, I mean, I'm from New Jersey, born and raised, still live in New Jersey. So that's a band that I grew up, um, grew up around essentially. Um, so when I found out that there was going to be a new album coming last year, I shot an email over to their management, did a couple calls and ended up getting to work that, which was really cool.
0: That's awesome. Just like you made that happen for yourself in a way.
1: Decided to shoot my shot.
0: That's, that's dope. Like, I think, That's kind of, like, I don't have, like, my record's not done yet, but, like, that's kind of my plan, is to just shoot a bunch of shots, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Because I I feel like, so I've talked to different friends, like, that are in bands and things about this, and there's there's a concern that, like, you don't want to, some people don't want to, like, overstep their, I don't know, overstep their whatever, like, they don't want to reach out to they they feel too small at a certain point to like reach out to a certain somebody whether it be a record label to listen to their record like a producer to work with them you know whatever have you and i just i feel like the more i see the way things actually work there's no reason not to do that like people feel like they don't want to be uh cringy and you know they maybe they're being egotistical to think that like they're a small band like But I'm still going to reach out to, like, this big record label and see if they like us. Like, they think that that's, like, that's almost like a faux pas to, like, even have the ego that would push you to do that. But I think that I don't look at it as, like, an ego thing. I look at it as, like, how much do you believe in what you're doing, you know? Yeah, and
1: I think if you are respectful and you do it the right way there's no reason why you shouldn't reach out. I mean, the worst thing that can happen is they'll say no, or they won't answer, which is a response in itself. Right. Uh, but you know, nobody can ever say yes. If you don't ask.
0: Right. Right. And that's like something I've tried to like encourage other people, you know, like smaller bands will like ask me like, you know, like advice on getting shows or whatever. I just like, just do whatever scares you, you know, you know, not to be overly cliche, but like these, the things that you're scared of doing are the, probably the scariest things because they're the things that are the obvious things that you should be doing. You know, I think like a lot of times people are intimidated by that, you know, because the idea of being rejected is so crippling, you know, or it can, yeah. you know, but like you said, the worst that actually happens is they say no, or they don't say anything, you know, because, and even so, like, if you cast a wide enough net, you know, hopefully you get a response from somebody, you know, whatever you're trying to do. Yeah.
1: Statistically speaking, you should get some sort of an answer from someone.
0: Right. Right. And, um, so I'm kind of curious, like, what are some of the, uh, you know, you mentioned, like, Bayside early November. That's pretty dope. Really jealous, to be honest. Um, but <laughs> as far as, like, so newer bands like i interviewed uh house and home Mm -hmm. that they work with you guys and uh they were awesome by the way that was a great interview Uh, they're
1: great i love them
0: yeah they were they were really cool i'm just curious like what are some other um some like newer bands that are that you guys are working with that you're pretty excited about
1: um, well, I, I love getting to work with open your ears records, um, which is house and homes label. They also have a band called light club that I got to work with last year. Um, they're both awesome. Um, I have worked in the past with this band called hungover on smart punk. Um, and those dudes have become some of my good friends too, which is, you know, one of my favorite things about my job is getting to, to know the bands that I'm working with. Um, one of my go-to answers when it comes to that kind of a question is this band called figure eight out of long Island. Um, it's one kid in his basement with like recording and producing all of his own music, but it's just, it's really good.
0: Like indie emo punk,
1: um, which is very, very on brand for a long Island kid.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah.
1: But it's, it's really good. He's definitely one of my favorite artists that I've gotten to work with in the last few years. Um, I'm working with this band, Gatherers. They're not necessarily new, but they just signed to No Sleep Records, and I know that they're going to have a huge year. Um, post-hardcore band from New Jersey, so I always got to wrap my own my own state. Yeah. Um, off-road minivan, I had just am working with them now. They just dropped their debut full-length on Tooth & Nail. Um, it's Tuck from Fit for a King. Um okay. other project, but it's not it's not hardcore. Um it is very much like emo, like shoegazy punk, which is cool. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's fun yeah, seeing it's him do cool. some things that are different. Um yeah, so I guess those are those are the ones that come to mind really.
0: Yeah, it's cool. And I was I was gonna say also like if any of these uh you know, if any of like these smaller bands, like I know House and Home really enjoyed like the podcast thing. And if like if you ever have bands that like that could benefit from like a, or would want to do like a long-form interview like when they're coming out with an album or whatever you know feel free to 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 hit me up and because i'm i never say no to to bands that want to be on the podcast you know but, yeah i'll uh, definitely
1: send some stuff your way
0: yeah because it's i think the you know the, how we got connected in the first place was uh matt from uh madness to creation mm-hmm like he found, I have no idea how he found my podcast and was super cool and just started posting all the episodes on his on his website and then started sending me, uh, you know, bands that to ask me if I wanted to interview. Them. I was like, yeah, dude, <laughs> like, absolutely.
1: <laughs> he's great.
0: But, yeah, yeah. I've been working
1: uh, with him for a few years now, and he's just one of the best people to work with.
0: Yeah, you could tell like he actually genuinely cares about um what he's doing. Like it, it was it was honestly to the point where like when he first reached out to me and like I'm pretty sure Matt listens to these so like he probably get a kick out of this, but like when he first reached out to me like I I was like suspicious almost because it was <laughs> like he was so nice and it was, I'm like what's the catch here? You know what yeah. I mean? Like why do you want to I thought it was a, a potentially a scam. I was like, why do you want to post all my episodes on your website? Like, why would you want to do that? Like that for nothing, you just want to. And then, you know, the more I talked to him, it's like, oh yeah, he's just nice. <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah, no, he's a great person. Um, I got to meet Maddie in person. Uh, I ended up on warped for a couple of weeks back in 2018. And I think it was one of my first dates out on the tour. Um, and he, I was running the press room. He came in to do interviews and it was easily one of the best experiences I had doing in-person press on warped, getting to work That's with awesome. him.
0: That's really cool. So like you mentioned like going to Warped Tour, but like when you go to shows and stuff, do you, are you basically just there to like, just like as, as a fan and then you like casually meet the artist or like, do you ever like table up there? Do you like play a certain role at a show or what's that experience like?
1: usually we're just there to enjoy the music and say, Hey, um, you know, when we get to a show, we'll, we'll either text the band or text the tour manager, say, Hey, we're here. If you need anything, um, just let us know. Uh, and then we just, we get to watch the show and hang out for a little bit and get some FaceTime in, which is awesome. If there are any interviews happening, then we'll help coordinate those just to make sure that everything goes off without a hitch. And you know everyone is connected and things happen when they're supposed to but for the most part when it comes to shows things are very laid back um sometimes we'll help with posting some social content either on the band's accounts or on our own um but yeah that's that's about it
0: Gotcha. i kind of want to like go back real quick to uh you mentioned like working with early november bayside you know bands that you're like a big fan of is it ever hard to like not fangirl out and like is it like maintain a level of professionalism because i I would imagine like i would just want to just talk about what a huge fan (laughs) it would be hard it'd be hard for me to like separate those two things
1: um i think i mean you want a publicist who is a fan of your band so i think it's just a matter of learning how to express that in a way that isn't overwhelming um with bayside like i said i've worked with them for a few years now uh, so it's gotten to the point where, like, they know they've seen posts that I've made on social media. They know I have a eye tattoo. Like, we've kind of broded down to the point where it's like, okay, we get it. We know you're a fan. It's all good. Yeah. um So with them, when we have press days and stuff, or if I have to do calls with anybody in the band, it's a lot more relaxed than it was at first. At first, I tried very hard just to be like, I am professional. I'm good at my job. I want to prove it to them. Um. But now I feel like they know I'm good at my job. They know I care. I can kind of reel it back a little bit.
0: Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, that once as soon as you said like that, you a band would want to publicist that's a fan. Like, oh yeah, that immediately made sense.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> And I think with, with Bayside, I think I also got past it when we were getting ready to roll out in Tarot Bang and I was waking up to text messages from Anthony with new ideas of things that we should be doing. And I was just like, okay, we're we're good. Everything's cool here.
0: It's got to be pretty surreal, I would imagine. Yes. Like, that's it's, so fucking cool.
1: <laughs> it's still one of those things where I wake up sometimes and I start doing my job and I'm just like, this is really what I'm doing with my life? How did I end up here?
0: right, right, I hope to actually to feel that one day, you know like i uh I you know I just recently in the last few years realized like I've always been a giant music fan I' I've, I've been playing music since I was like a super emo eighth grader you know, but it took me you know way too long to realize that like I absolutely had to be like to, to be a musician and like make music my life like make it my career you know because it's there's no better feeling than like I mean it doesn't have to be music but just like like you said like waking up and realizing like you get to do something that like feels good like it, it's like aligned with how you feel like you know what I mean like it's it's aligned with your values it's aligned with Chris like you don't I imagine you don't really feel like you have to really sacrifice a whole lot of your soul to do what you do you know
1: Definitely not um,
0: That's yeah that's awesome and I'm curious like uh, uh, do you work in an office? Is it like, is it, is there like an office structure? Or like, is it what I'm curious? Like, what is it? I wonder what it's like to work for a, a place that, you know, just caters to, to musicians. Cause I, I imagine it being like fairly laid back and pretty a cool work environment. Also.
1: We do have an office. Um, we've got a space in Brooklyn, uh, which we're currently not able to go to because of right. the coronavirus pandemic. But we do have an office um, with Big Picture Media. It's very much a team-based company. Um, so even though we all have our own clients that we work on, we do weekly staff meetings. We you know, are always there for each other to bounce ideas off of, to brainstorm. If we're having a little bit of trouble with something that we're working on, everybody pitches in. Um, so it's a very safe and helpful and comforting environment. Um, it is also very laid back you know being in the music industry we don't necessarily adhere to like a business um attire like dress code um i usually show up to work in jeans and vans and you know very band t-shirts um so it's not nice. like a super strict place which is awesome too
0: yeah that's awesome yeah i just i basically having you give a commercial for (laughs) working for a music PR firm. That's awesome though.
1: Well, I mean, I think that a lot of PR and like, especially music PR comes from, you know, being a creative person. And I think you need to be a creative person to work in the music industry in general. And it's hard to have that when you feel like when, when the environment you're in doesn't reflect that.
0: Yeah, that wouldn't really make a whole lot of sense. Were were you, um, so you've always been a writer, like, are you a musician at all? Or have you ever, like, hoped to actually play music? Or, like, in terms of writing, was it ever, like, creative writing? Or kind of curious, oh, no. like, what you're, no? <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: I, I do play a little bit of guitar, and I grew up playing violin, but I was never, like, particularly good at either one and I don't I can't write music it's just not something I'm coded to do um so for yeah. me it was more I wrote a lot of you know fiction short stories poetry as a kid and then that eventually evolved into writing album reviews and doing some band interviews um going out to shows and, and writing some reviews here and there um so yeah that was that was more my speed was reviews and interviews and stuff, which I think translated well into PR, but um, I am not much of a musician at all. I'm definitely not a songwriter.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's, 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 yeah. I mean, at least you found some sort of outlet though, where you can, I feel like a lot of people, maybe, maybe songwriting isn't their thing, but they don't get that. And not to like hate on anybody, but like, you know, I think a lot of people they are creative, but they're very stubborn about what they want to be creative at and they don't explore like other areas, you know, what yeah. I mean, to to find what it is they're good at. So I think it's good that like you're able to do that, you know.
1: Yeah, they kind of close themselves into a box and then yeah. they never really grow beyond that.
0: Right, exactly. That's a much better way of saying it. <laughs> um do you so you wrote album reviews and stuff do you do you still like do any of that on the side, or is it most of your efforts just focus into like the stuff you do now?
1: um, I did for the first couple of years that I worked full time at Big Picture just because it was something that I had always done, and I didn't feel ready to give that up yet. but as time has gone on and I've kind of risen through the company um it's just it became too much, yeah, um, just. PR is very much a full-time job and it's one of those things where it's kind of 24 seven too. like if you're out on a Saturday night and you get a call from a writer who is supposed to be covering a show somewhere and they're not on the list. It's something that you have to jump in and tackle right away. It's not something that you can just say like, Oh, I'll we'll get to this tomorrow. Um, or right. if your client has an emergency and they call you in the middle of the night, you can't necessarily ignore it. Um, so it just—it's something that, as much as I love it, and as rewarding as it is, it can be, you know, very time-consuming. It takes a lot of, you know, energy, both physically and emotionally speaking. Um, so it's just—it it can be too much to try and keep up with as, like, a side hustle,
0: so to speak, like that. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And um, I'm curious. Like, I meant to ask this earlier, but just curious like what are some of the do you have like in terms of like the publications that you guys work with that are like writing reviews and stuff like do you have a pretty like do you have like a set kind of group of publications that you work with on a regular basis or is it more or i'm kind of curious like what are some of the publications that you guys like regularly um will source to
1: um well we're always looking to expand um, our, our database and our relationships. So it's the kind of thing where there are like some solid people that we work with pretty frequently, um, just because they're always down to cover our bands. And, um, you know, it's just, it's one of those things where if I know there are certain people that I hit up, if I email them, they will 100% want to cover whatever it is that I'm sending to them. Um, so we do have like, that kind of list of go-to people but every day we're doing research we're trying to find new publications new writers um, especially like writers turnover pretty frequently at outlets so just because you worked with someone at one publication one day a month later it could be somebody completely different i gotcha um so we have to keep up with that a lot but um in terms of like what publications we work with pretty frequently I know for me personally, I work with alternative press a lot and substream magazine. Um, one of my favorite sites to work with these days is the Alternative, um, yeah. because I think that you know their coverage is really, really solid, and the writers there are so nice to work with, and you know they work really hard to make sure that the writers get paid, and they're so supportive of the bands that they they write about. Um, so I think that's one of my favorite publications these days. Um, I also work with the noise a lot. Um, Flood magazine is, you know, a, an outlet that I've been working with pretty frequently lately in Brooklyn Vegan. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it, it's kind of all over the place. But like I said, we're always looking to expand our our contacts and find new people to work with.
0: Uh, that makes me think, like, um, in terms of you guys, you know, looking for new uh, publications. I had on the podcast a buddy of mine. Taylor, who who started this music blog called uh, Swim into the Sound, and he he does a really it's a really interesting take on like the like album review process. Like he kind of embraces the the personal side of th- like the fact that it is like his opinion on things, and so like he'll only write about things that like he genuinely likes. But he'll he won't he'll write about not just the music, but it's like a he'll. Top, he'll write an article about like what he was doing at the time that he was listening to a particular record, and like how it influenced like his life, or like how it influenced like what he was doing, you know, or like how it okay. played into you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's 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 more of like how does this? And I think it's cool because like it makes you think about the music in a way that's not just like how does it feel going into my ears. It's like how is right. it gonna? How does it fit into like my lifestyle type of thing? Right. And like, he'll write reviews like that or he'll write, um, you know, like lists. He's, he's just really, really a good writer. So it's definitely worth like looking into. Like, I, you know, I had him on a podcast and he, he's was still like very much, you know, on the smaller side of like starting out. But I think he's definitely someone to like look out for. I, I you know, that's what I've been telling people.
1: Yeah, I'll definitely work. check that out. It sounds cool.
0: Yeah, based, he's based out of, he, he used to be here in Michigan. Portland or something like that, Oregon. But um, but yeah. Um, well, I think I won't take any much uh, anymore of your time. I really appreciate uh, you you know taking the time to do this. I'm jealous that you got to work for early November for sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like I said, you know, if you got any any got any fans that like want to be on a podcast or if they you know want to promote something and this is like a good um platform for them you think just by all means you know you got my email just send them my way I'm happy to do it. Yeah so.
1: I will definitely send some stuff your way. Um I've got a handful of artists that I'm working with right now that I'm sure would be great for the podcast. So I will send you some info.
0: Awesome. righty well this will you know I'm kind of on a on a backlog right now so this will probably be out in like the next like month or so. So I'll I'll let you know when it is going to be out and everything. Sounds good. Cool. All right, well, it was great talking to you. hope, you know, maintain your sanity during this quarantine, and um, I'm sure we'll be in contact.
1: Yeah, you too. Stay safe. Stay inside. Yep. And hopefully it's all over soon.
0: Heard that. All right, take it easy.
1: You too. Bye. Bye.